Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast. This is episode 91, special love edition, and this is Altai, joined by... Omer. Gumball. Matt. All right. We have a lot of fun stuff to talk about, and as Aaron mentioned, today is the special Valentine's Day episode of the MMOs.com podcast. We're all going to get together and talk about love, and with that, Gumby, take it away with the, with the themed... Uh, weekly raid. Forget what it was so, called for, for a this second. week's weekly raid, uh, we're not asking a question because I don't know how. Uh, we are going to talk about <laughs> romance and MMOs. Uh, not just what you saw that you shouldn't have in Second Life, but also <laughs> weird or maybe loving romantic encounters uh, between real people in games. I remember quite vividly how a friend of mine, MMO or not, used to flirt with the only girl in my Counter-Strike 1.6 server, and boy, was that cringy. There was also, back in the day, if you played Vanilla WoW, there was at least one server that raided an in-game wedding, and in-game weddings are pretty popular to MMORPGs. It's one of the few genres, besides Touch Online, that really <laughs> tries to go the extra mile by incorporating romantic, uh, romantic interactions including Ragnarok Online, which had a wedding system where you could actually get married and then pop out a little kid, which I always found kind of odd. But So we want to hear your stories. I want to hear the roundtable stories. It doesn't have to be something that happened to you personally, but just anecdotes about love and loss and MMORPGs. Hmm. Uh, all right, so uh, I don't have anything specifically for MMORPGs. I've run into a lot of married couples in MMORPGs, but like not a whole lot that like had to do with romance at all but i do have one about a shooter if that's all right that's yeah. fine take it away all right, so back in like high school i had this friend and we were playing um halo 3 the one day and we had like hadn't disabled the voice chat or anything so it's just there we didn't have any mics plugged in and all of a sudden he hears this girl talking so what he decides to do is plug in the mic and start trying to chatter up through a game of halo 3 and as he's doing this, the girl is sitting there like, I'm a 400-pound Mexican woman sitting on a rug the whole time, just repeating it over and over, trying to get him to shut up. <laughs> it's pretty funny. He might be into that, though. Yeah, he's got to be careful. Uh, uh, I have a... I have a I have a love story for MMORPG, all right? Specific to MMORPG, all right? Back in the days of Vanilla WoW, all right? I, first of all, I want to preface this, but I think everyone's had some kind of MMO love story, whether it's RuneScape, you know, want to buy a girlfriend, you get that virtual e-girlfriend thing going, all right? Everyone's done it. Come on. Come on. Just be open with it. So there was this girl. I think she was a girl. Well, that was actually later confirmed. And uh, her name was Athena on World of Warcraft, all right? This is Vanilla WoW back in the day. And there were, there were some red flags, all right? And then we used to, like, kind of, we used to raid together. She was in my guild, actually. But she was, she was really bad at raiding them. But I kind of, like, let that go because she was a girl, right? You know, whatever. Horny me is just thinking like, oh my god, girl, or whatever. So she starts, you know, messaging. She she wants to add me on Messenger and shit. At first, no, red flag number one. She uses MSN Messenger. Who the fuck uses MSN Messenger? That should have been a signal right there. There's something wrong with her, right? Whatever. Add her on MSN Messenger. We start rating. We start like doing scholomance and like formats, and we always fucking wipe, always. And she's awful. It's always her fault, always. And like she sent me a picture eventually, and like she wasn't very good looking. At that moment, I, I just stopped responding. Like after she sent me a picture, oh which is, no, I guess, which is kind of rude. But like after I saw the picture, I was done. It was okay when we had like the imagination. She was a night elf, you know. In the game, she was hot. But when you get the picture, and then you're like, it's a letdown. It's a letdown. All right. Her name was 
either Clarissa or Chrissa, one of those. I forgot which one. But if you're out there, Athena from World of Warcraft, uh, like 10 years ago. Hi. <laughs> so remember, guys, the moral of the story, you can be bad at games as long as you're hot, okay? Yes. There <laughs> but, you go. But there if you you're, go. If you're going to have to ray like the rest of us guys if you're ugly. <laughs> you got to perform if you're ugly. Listen, listen, listen. If she wasn't hot, whatever, you know, if she, if she made up for that with in-game skill, that's different, all right? You can't have, a, you know, you can't suck at the game and not have the, the charm, all right? The looks, all right? You got you to gotta win in one department, all right? You got to win in one department. It's either strength or intelligence, if you know, or charisma, okay? Yes. You can't have bad stats on everything, you know? Yeah. And uh, come on. I guarantee some other people have this kind of story. Anybody else in the, in the panel have a story like I, this? I'm actually the... You know what? The funny thing is, I'm like the opposite opposite of that story, where I played the girl character and always said I don't have a mic when we raided, and that was smart, my excuse. That was move. my excuse to pay as little attention and do as badly as possible on the raid. So I would have the raid going, and I'd be playing PS3 on my uh, on my shoulder <laughs> here, like some PS3 RPG, while doing you know raiding and wow. And then I'd always be like, Miri, can you please, you know, you let this guy die. Can you please try harder next time? I'm like, oh, hee hee, I got this, no problem. Like, you know, they're like, can you please get on, you know, raid uh, call or whatever? I'm like, uh, I, I can get in, but I can't talk. You know, I still have to hear the commands. But that was, they all thought it was a girl, basically. So I got nice, nice loot. Everyone helped me. I never had to prep for the raids. Like, I never had to bring my ingredients for the potions. Uh, the people you never did. had to perform either, you know. Nobody, people expected less of you. Yeah. <laughs> We're really imparting... Uh moral lessons and virtues in this in this uh weekly raid actually erhan uh, would he would play the girl role like really well actually he did like a long con in ultima online when we came back to the game a while like later and the only reason we played like after we quit in like 2005 6 was to, like get money in game to sell it on ebay and it's mm -hmm. vendor the gold so he actually befriended some like dude right who was like married Erhan was talking to the guy for like a good week and i befriended this guy this was that kind of flirty with him even though the guy was fucking married like irl and like after like a week, he gives him like access to his house, right? And Aaron takes everything. He took the fucking like the most useless stuff too. Like the guy logs back in, everything is missing from his house. Literally everything. We just sold it all. I mean, the like, the, the best part of that story. One, I sold. We sold the stuff on eBay for hundreds of dollars, like almost a thousand yes. dollars. Real money. Yeah, real, real money. Real dollar. Okay. Okay. And and as he's as I'm kind of like hinting at access to the house, the wife's character is right there. And she's like, I don't know about this, honey. You know, you just met her. Like, what are you doing? And then the guy, I'm just like, shit, the wife's here. <laughs> like, I gotta get rid of, I gotta get rid of the wife. <laughs> I'm like, let's You're go. Like, I had to party, talking party chat only. <laughs> so, so I, I, we go to like a room with like a different room in the house, right? With the, and you can't see the chat if the wife's character is outside because she was like mm -hmm. doing something else. So I got him isolated. You know, I, I sweet talk him some more. They go to bed after I'm friended. Boom, everything's gone. Takes everything. <laughs> Look, in hindsight, it's kind of a douchebag move, but it's still hilarious, right? It's like you just lost all your in-game items because you trust this random new person that you like flirted with. You come on, where's your common sense, man? Yeah, I taught him a lesson. All right, I, he learned a lesson from me. Mm -hmm. I I either ruined that marriage or made it stronger. Okay, one of those two. <laughs> oh boy, I was just thinking that, but I wasn't gonna say it. Like uh, they actually got a divorce and. Mm -hmm. They brought up the chat logs and in, in, in the uh, in court, the lawyers reading it. Look what you did! <laughs> All because of Erhan. Like some of the some of like the silly uh, like taking advantage of people's stories aside, I do actually like a lot of the like the romantic elements in MMORPGs. Like not like literally the romance, but like the emotes and stuff, and the in-game weddings. Like if you've been to an FF FF14 wedding, it's like it's a fun experience. Look, it's a, you got to do it once, all right? In your MMO career, it's like this choreographed thing. They give out their vows. There's like these scenes that they're throwing flowers. 
you get to meet in the reception, you get to talk with all these random people. Like, it's it's an experience. It's it's a fun thing to do, all right? Even if, you know, you're not the one getting married. You're just watching people do their thing. And it's it's fun, all right? It's 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 I, I recommend it. It's a fun experience. And things like that kind of bring the community together. I mean, I think a lot of people do get married in these games, like, not super, super seriously. But then there are those people that do do it super seriously. There are couples in real life that also get married in game. And it's, it, it creates a interesting atmosphere. And it's something I don't think you can capture in any other genre of games besides MMOs. No, I think you're right. Except for Touch Online. That's the only other one. Well, there are the dancing games. Yeah. Dancing games always have married couples as well, for whatever mm -hmm. reason. Yeah, I never participate myself, but I don't mind seeing it. Um, I'm not the kind of person to marry another person's character or anything, but... Yeah, it's fun, and you're right. It, it does add a level of immersion, and it's kind of, you know, it is this whole event. I always think of the spontaneous weddings where it's not actually part of the game, but Vanilla WoW, where people are so motivated to do it. Um, and then it gets raided, which is always mm -hmm. funny to me. But yeah, it it's a it's a weddings just like in real life in the game are a communal event. I have so a, go get yeah, married. Yeah, we you wanna say it more? That UO story with the raid? Uh, no, but before we get to uh, you go ahead, go take the UO okay. story. I, I know I, I know we mentioned it before, but it is Valentine's, it's worth repeating. So Ultima Online didn't have a specific marriage system but people would just role play it out you know you'd have the seats in the house like a, a big house on a roof you'd have mm -hmm. seats you know people would, you could guess would sit they'd wear their dress, formal dresses you know the main couple would wear you know white and black and you know just bs for half an hour um so they were porting people in like their friends uh from town for this wedding uh into their house so omar and i and a few other people like uh pks you know pvpers we kind of ran into the we snuck into the portal and once you go inside you can actually hide where you turn invisible so we're all invisible watching this marriage happen and uh we're waiting for our time right and you know these are like 40 year olds probably because they're doing this rp wedding nonsense so they type slow and they can't really react fast so we wait till they're typing and then we just run in we just start bashing heads we're killing the we're killing the groom we're killing the bride <laughs> dropping the poison fields, yeah. the fire fields the meteor swarm yeah you, you can summon demons everyone <laughs> oh we ruined their day <laughs> the bloody wedding that sounds like a lot of fun yeah, we gotta keep this more upbeat, all right? Enough, enough, enough scumbagging people on Valentine's Day, all right? Let's let's talk positive. Here's a positive video of me performing my mating ritual in Five Street, all right? All right, let's see. Oh, it. okay, good. We do need to keep the positivity up, but you did say romance and tragedy, right? So yes, see, yeah, we did have tragedy. Yes, the, all the Ultima Line stories were tragic. Here we are, we are trying to mate with the person in game by falling on them. <laughs> this is the the Remo method of. Oh, uh, I remember that. Maybe you, did, like, did you invent planking? <laughs> as a as a sexual uh, act, this is a. I find this game hilarious. All right, listen. If you've never played Five Street before, and you don't mind these like social like dancing games, like dance online and stuff, the emotes in Five Street are hilarious. So I was like chatting with her while doing it, right? And I, I like for like five minutes beforehand, I was like, listen, you got to do this, all right? You got to also do this plank move and do it like on top of me, and we got to spam it together. And like towards this part of the video, she actually ends up doing it. All right, it's a fucking victory. We made her do it. This is how we court the girls. All right, this is how we court them. You know what always thought... surprised me? You know what always surprised me? Like, you know, like you know, we all have friends that chat up the random girl in a game, and then they respond. Mm -hmm. The girl responds. They send pictures, yada yada, yeah. and MSN nude pics. It's always surprising, but you know, obviously the girls are probably just as horny anyway. So I don't know why it surprised young us with that shit. Why? Wow, you certainly jumped. <laughs> no, you, you like, jumped. They must want it. They must want to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so many stories of guys like, hey, I got this guy. I got this girl to like show me her, you know, 
like boobs or whatever on MSN. Like it happens because I guess they want to play along, you know? Yeah, of course. It doesn't happen otherwise. Yeah. It's all part of role playing. Mm-hmm. Also, guys, if you're joining us, you know, uh, you know, today is also a singles uh, singles day, obviously, because it is Valentine's Day. If you're watching, you're probably single, maybe. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's I, I got a pro tip for you guys. This is this just came to me today. It's genius. Ready? If you want to feel loved, here's what you got to do. All right, you go on Amazon, you order yourself chocolates, all right, and you send it as a gift to yourself. But you don't do it today. What you do is you order it for February uh, on Valentine's Day next year. So it'll so next year on Valentine's Day, you you will you would have sent yourself a gift from this from today, and it would have been so long that you're gonna forget about it. And you even put like a little message saying like. Oh my God, I love you. Your secret admirer. All right, you put a silly message down. Ideally, you're drunk before you do this too. That way, you forget even more. But if you do it a year in advance, you're not gonna remember. But you'll get the chocolates. You'll read the message. It'll be a gift. You'll feel good about yourself. You'll you'll, you'll basically troll yourself. Yes. <laughs> but it's not really trolling because it's nice. It's nice. You know, Singles Day is an actual holiday. I don't mean to take us off topic, yeah. but it is a holiday stream, so I think we're okay. Mm-hmm. Singles Day is a Chinese holiday on November 11th. Oh, so you it's got... one, 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 one. That's why. Mm-hmm. Oh, All I never knew ones. that. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah, but Learn then that's, that's three months. That's three. But anyway, um, this is also a normal podcast. We will keep the romance up as we get, keep right. the stream going, the video I, going. But All right. I want, I want to take the first one to a fun romance Please. story. And then we'll get to some more serious stuff. Okay. I fa- this, this blew me away. All right. Pun intended, obviously. All right. There's first let me make sure it's safe for work and safe for podcast. It was last time I checked, we've got to make sure. There is a new crowdfunding website, all right? And really? I think you can share this. Yes. Oh no, 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 no. I it, don't know it, about that. It is called Kimochi. Oh no. All right. It is for adult it's for adult games. So all can, right. Can I click this? Yes, but don't scroll too much down. You'll be fine. Actually, no, <laughs> all the thumbnails are safe. All the thumbnails are safe. You can scroll down, all right? You can everything's fine. But I love the name, all right, Kimochi. Just don't click into anything, around. Yeah, don't click into anything. These are for, like, dating sims, visual novels, like, basically anime-inspired, cartoony uh, games that are being crowdfunded, or rather, red-funded. I think that's, that, that might be the term they're using. Like, uh, what a great name. Oh, my God. Oh, well, so here's, a, here's a, actually a really useful site. If you are single and you want to stay that way, uh, just, just, per- <laughs> just peruse this website. <laughs> Uh, are you sure this is safe for Twitch? I'm not seeing anything anything inappropriate on the. On I'm the getting I'm getting I'm getting out of there. We will uh, certainly can't... find out soon. <laughs> no, don't the... scroll down. Don't scroll down there. <laughs> All right, get out of there. Get out of there. Some of these we... games, by the way, have raised. I mean, they're not raising big money, but there's there's three here that have raised over uh, two thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Did you guys see that one of the ones idea. in the top row was a clicker? Oh, that's awesome. That's a good idea. No, not, not really. The yes, crowdfund my game. clicker. <laughs> crowdfund my clicker game. You know, the most minimal effort of all types of games. Just just crowdfund it, please. Boys, boys. Matt, I think you just solved our problem. I think we, now we know we're kickstarting a clicker yes. game. The Mo's.com clicker game, boys. It's going to happen. We're going to kickstart it. We're going to make the moolah. Oh, you're clicking, but you're actually just clicking advertisements. <laughs> Well, you get a penny every time. <laughs> this Yuri Clicker, I like that name. Ooh, it's about cute girls doing cute things, like beating certainly up people. Relevant, certainly <laughs> relevant to uh, Romance Day, Valentine's Day, Hallmark Day. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think I might stream some. Um, 
some five street later to celebrate Valentine's Day. That is that is the game for Valentine's Day. Any of these uh, romantic dancing games are always fun. It's a really silly experience. I do recommend playing them just to f around, and I don't think you can play them too long. But for it's a good like it'll kill an hour of your time messing with the emotes, talking to people, having fun. Wait, I gotta get off this fucking site. Alright, I got out of there a while back. Alright, let's let's jump to something serious business. All right. We're taking it in a 180. We're taking it in a 180. We're going to serious I mean, business. This has got to be the time to talk about Metal Gear Solid uh, parody. Or is that not allowed? I think we talk about that, can't can uh, we? I, you, you said serious business. All right, all right fine, 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 fine. We'll come back to it later. Post serious game. Post, that'll be post game. All right, we got, we got some big news from Steam. Uh, I think Matt put it up, so you want to take that? My Steam Direct? Oh, yeah, so Valve is discontinuing green lights. It's basically what they said is that they're evolving as a company, but what I think is that they're full of shit and they just didn't know what they were doing when they made Greenlight. But anyways, they're replacing <laughs> it with something called Steam Direct, which is basically just going to be you fill out some forms, you pay a certain fee that we don't know about yet, we don't know what it's going to be, per game though, and once you've done that, you just get your game on Steam. And the details of this are a little foggy, they don't have anything, and... Uh, what a lot of people have said is, so originally they had posted that developers had said they thought they could charge anywhere from a hundred to five thousand dollars, and what they were trying to say is that that's the feedback they got. But the way they wrote it, everybody was like, "Oh my God, I'm going to have to pay five thousand dollars per game. This is going to kill my business." Mm -hmm. And we we don't actually know that, but um, the important part right now is that what they're doing is. They're officially going to set a barrier because what they want to do, they specifically said they want to, as they put it, reduce the noise. So they're putting in a barrier intentionally to keep out games that I'm assuming... I, I don't know how they view games like Shower With Your Dad Simulator, considering it may have sold decently. Amazing. But, Solid. The real thing's but, better, though. Continue. But I, I, I think it's games like that that they want to keep out. Or... Alternatively, they want to keep out games that don't get finished in early access. Mm -hmm. So they're putting up barriers, and the barrier that they eventually put up later this spring is going to determine the type of store that they really want. Like, mm -hmm. we are finally going to see what Steam wants out of their store, not just what the people want out of it. I, I got an interesting uh, perspective on that. The, if you know, I, I read a few of the things they said, and one of the reasons they say they're doing this is they don't want to curate basically they want anyone who puts up that you know and also the way the fee is going to work is this is not steam trying to, mo to make money from this uh listing fee the listing fee is going to go to charity and it's going to be redeem refundable uh if you want to take it off take it back so they're just doing this as a barrier not as a profit like i think you're looking at the green light thing you're allowed to oh. refund the green light okay. fee if you didn't get anything green light that's, yeah that's, i think this is money for them no, you, they're making money. Off they're of making this money. new fee isn't going to charity. Oh, okay, okay. So that's the way it used to work. Your, your green light was going to charity, yes. And that was a $100 fee. The new yeah. one is not going to charity. It's money for them. Right, and so now, as a show of good faith, <clears throat> even if you uh, didn't... If you paid for green light's fee the moment that it came out, if they didn't get anything greenlit, like nothing got through, you can refund it. That's what you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So do you think they're going to... So they're going to take this fee and keep it, you think? Have, yes, they, have they, they said were. that? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I don't know if they've... They didn't say it, but 100% sure. So well, if they didn't say it, you can't be 100% sure, technically. 
but they probably will. If they ask you up to five thousand dollars, it's going to be a, a money you know a generator for them, and kind of pay for the, the service because so, they are going to verify various documents as well. They want digital documents for your company, your game, your progress. Like they want some other stuff to not just the fee. It's not like you pay the fee, boom, you're in. You pay the fee, you submit your documents, and I guess they're going to get you into Steam then. Also, they did. Well, I think this part is true. They talked about their dominance in PC markets, right? And they mm -hmm. said they didn't want to be the curator where they decide what gets in, what doesn't, right? Because it could make or break a game. So they didn't want to be the ones curating. But I think it sounds shows like a lack of responsibility. I mean, if you're the dominant force, you know, it's a responsibility to curate, to keep the trash out. It's not, it's not a matter of picking well, and choosing. The, the best way to cur curate and the best way to keep the trash out is to have a high barrier to entry, you know? Because the moment you, you say no to a game, right? I mean, from Valve's perspective, the developers are like, why'd you say no to my game? I mean, even if it's a piece of shit game. They'll be like, no, we got this, we got this. It's a great game. And Vel doesn't want to explain to everybody why they're yep. saying no. So, so then what do you think is that barrier? What do you guys think the fee should be? I know none of us know, but <clears throat> from your opinion. If you if Valve asked you what it should be, what would yeah. you say? I say five thousand. I say the high end of that. Yeah, I'm also gonna go ahead and say five thousand. Uh if you have a if you have something that's proven to work and you can attract outside investors, I would say that and they and they believe in your product, they'll upfront that cost because they'll make the money back. So I, I, I don't I'll think you outside investor for five thousand dollars. Well, I mean, depends. $5, is a well, lot let's, of let's money. Let's think about stuff. let's think about what you see on Steam. There's tons of projects that have been on Steam that are by a single person mm -hmm. who's made a project. A project they somehow got past Greenlight because Greenlight failed, obviously, mm -hmm. and now their game is up on Steam. That's I think when they say noise, that's what they're talking about. I don't think they're talking about not talking about studio created projects. They're talking about something yeah. that some guy makes in his spare time and throws up, and it's not even complete. <clears throat> All right, what's your number? You say five thousand as well, Gumby? Sure, I'll, I'll say five thousand. Uh, I say well. I, I, I'll, I'll go quite a bit lower. I'm gonna say two thousand. I feel that's the sweet spot. Okay. I, I was gonna say one thousand to fifteen hundred is the sweet spot. That's what I think. I, I think you know it is obviously difficult for indie developers. You know, a much bigger hurdle for indie developers than like established studios and people with money. Like it, it makes it harder to get onto Steam, but the, there's enormous benefits to that too. It keeps a lot of the rabble out. The higher that is. And I don't think stuff like a lot of people are going to say, oh, if it's anything more than 100, it's stupid because, you know, indie developers can't afford it. But like it, it means either you're serious about your game or you're not. OK, if you can't pony up fifty hundred to two thousand dollars and show that you really care about your game and then you're willing to work for, like just work somewhere else for like a couple of days, like a couple of weeks and get the money, you know, if you have to. Like that shows your dedication and that you're serious and that you're willing to risk that money for it. You know, if you're not willing to risk two thousand dollars on a project that you put your blood, sweat and tears into. You clearly are not confident or care about your game. So I, I, I think anyone, I mean, if it was like 20,000, 50,000, yeah, I agree. That, that might be insurmountable for indie developers. But as is, these numbers, you know, whether it's 1,500, whether it's 2,000, it's, it's perfectly doable. Even at 5,000, it's a little bit harder, but I think it's still doable. And I think we'll still get a lot of quality games. And it's not really going to hurt too many of the indie developers. We have to remember, too, Steam isn't the only place that people play games, right? There, there was a, I can't remember the name of it now, but there was another Steam-like program that existed um, a while back for indie titles, and eventually a title would be completed. That's where Project Zomboid started, and then it ended, ends up on Are you Steam. talking about Tessura? Tessura, they made, like, no money. There, there were... I'm just saying, I'm just only talking about it in the abstract, that... There are other if, avenues if, to publish If there are, if, if Steam stops being a place where everyone can publish their games, you'll see alternatives pop up. And if your game is good enough, if it attracts enough attention, then you get to Steam, and then Steam becomes a, a, an achievement that it gives a sense of quality to your product, just like it used to. And I think right. that's what that's what I would like to see is Steam as a whole. I like your point a lot. I, I feel like you should share that. Oh, <laughs> you typed it out. 
Okay, you know, on forums like you know Reddit, you have a younger audience, right? Which is not their fault. They just they're just young. They don't work yet. Yada yada. And my point is, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, you can't, you know, you won't be able to get your game on Steam. A one-man show can't get his game on Steam. I don't I don't know what world you guys live in, but most people I mean, in your room, in your in your circle of friends, you have things worth to cumulatively two thousand dollars. You can scrounge that money. You know, sell your monitor, sell your old computer. Ask some friends and family, you know, work somewhere for a couple, six months maybe, you know, save. Like, it's, it's not, 2000 is not like a insurmountable barrier. I, I'm just surprised at the lashback I've got, I've seen, at least on the forums I go to, which probably says more about me than, than anything else. Mm. But, you know, there's a lot of forums where young people, like, I'm assuming they're young or just don't know about money. They think 2000 is some kind of, uh, it might as well be 2 billion to them, right? $2,000. <laughs> so that, that, I mean, it's a lot of money, but I agree. I mean, I, I like your point. Your no, absurd it, point. It's earlier. not a lot of money because look, people in Africa, uh, they actually pay ten thousand dollars or more to get smuggled to Europe, right? Those refugees coming, they they're paying ten thousand or more dollars, and if these people who make like a dollar a day can can you know from, with friends and family save up ten thousand to get one guy across, you know, there's no reason to think a developer in America can't by himself and with his friends and family get together two thousand, five thousand dollars. Put on the credit card. You can borrow it anyway. If yeah, you need to. exactly. Stop crowdfunding games on Nutaku's Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> there, you, yeah. I mean, I am pretty much of the same philosophy. It's you can do it. You know, this is not insurmountable. People that are going crazy over even a two thousand five, even a five thousand dollar fee, like it's going to make the Steam marketplace better. I think. I mean, having like for a lot of people, seeing the shit games kind of turns them off from Steam. So, like, knowing that you're not going to see any. At least, if you see a game, and let's say the price point is five thousand, you're like, "Holy shit, that guy spent five thousand dollars to get this game on Steam." Like, I might want to buy it then. You know, it's like, I, I have a guarantee it's not going to be like unplayable, like digital homicide crap. You know, we're gonna start seeing Kickstarter uh, for uh, Steam. It's gonna start getting factored into the cost. Oh, we need five grand, two guys uh, on <laughs> Steam, just so you know. Oh, you're right. It's gonna get factored in. It'll still, I mean, we... all right. So here's the thing. This might minimize the noise quote unquote whatever but will it be enough is this a solution uh just you know we'll just, we'll just bs about this is this is this actually going to help fix uh the issues with steam's library you know next year if this system is in place say 2018 will mm -hmm. we finally see that statistic drop where you know 80 percent of games were released in the last year hmm. yeah i think yeah i think it'll help a lot 100 percent. yeah yes. it'll, it'll lower it yeah Will it be enough by itself? No. I think they're going to have to do manual curation at some point. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think Steam is ever going to manually curate. They will do everything they can to not They don't want to. It. It's too much work for them. I mean, they, they, they don't did, want did, to yeah. people to it, basically. Yeah. Right. They're not going to pay somebody just so... Because that's what their job would be, sitting there all well, day. That's why the games got on Steam so slowly, because they didn't want mm -hmm. to divert like a specific people for it, so it was just whoever was working there had to do it. But Steam's lazy. I mean, they're going to get replaced by someone then who who who's more dedicated to to this process. They've been lazy for a long time. Yes. And they, yeah, it has they to still happen. haven't been replaced. I mean, I, I people don't realize it because they don't think about it because their program just works. It downloads yeah. their things for them. But Steam is really, really lazy. Like the people working at Steam instead of just at Valve in general, they're very, very lazy. I I, I don't want to say they're lazy. I think it's because they they're very understaffed. Okay, I mean, uh, gaming they're costs not a lot. Understaffed. No, hold on, Matt. Do you know how many people work at uh, Valve? I don't know how many people work at Valve. Dude, but there's I don't... thousands at Riot Games at one game. How many do work at Steam? I'm like, it's like 100, 200 plus. Isn't it like 150? 360. 
when a company like Riot Games, which literally operates one game, has over a thousand employees, all right, that's in 2013. Uh, they probably got more now. A thousand employees for one game, a company like Valve, which is self-developing numerous games, maintaining their source three at the same time, right? And now. a plat three at the same time, having their own platform that's literally the most popular PC platform in the world. Come on, they're mega understaffed. For that the doesn't mean they're understaffed, though. Because that mean they could lazy. have ten people on every single one of these projects. No, actually, and the rest of them on Steam. Do you know they the could. way? Do you know the way uh, that works in Valve? Yeah, I know. You just move your stuff over yeah, to another yeah. desk, and you're on another project. Yeah. that's a different issue altogether. So imagine the but, guy who's in charge of maintenance on Steam. That's like the most boring job, maintenance, right? So he's like, <laughs> you know what? You know what? Screw this! I'm wheeling over to the fun parts. <laughs> no, if you look at it objectively though, like if you, companies actually measure like their sales per square feet for retail locations and measure productivity, right? If you measure, if you divide Steam's revenue by their employees, they have the most productive employees like out of any gaming company in the world. So saying they're lazy is a cop out. They're but not they're willing they, to hire no, more employees. No, no, management is lazy. Then they're not doing their job. Okay, yeah, yes, yes. Okay. Management doesn't want to manage more employees. You can yeah. say they're lazy. Okay. But I don't think it's fair to say the employees are lazy. Okay. Well, he said Valve is lazy. No, he didn't say. Okay. It. And Valve refers to management. Well, you're not, you're not gonna blame the janitor. You know. Let me refine my statement. Okay. Okay. They have handled Steam in a very lazy way for years. Agreed. Management like has. I agree. Yeah. The way sure. that they have approached Steam has been very lazy. That's what I was saying. Okay. I think that's fair. That's fair. Speaking of Steam and Valve's on the top, do you know what they're doing right now? Hmm. What is Valve doing? Well, Gabe Newell has been giving uh, quite a few talks lately to the press out in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that was revealed is that Valve is working on three VR titles, three individual VR titles with absolutely no details. All we know <laughs> uh, is that there are three separate VR titles being worked on. The likelihood of any of them having anything to do with Half-Life is almost zero. Uh, just because if there was a couple reports a while ago about Half-Life 3, that's a whole different story. But basically, they're working on VR titles for their Source 2 engine. And I think that you know what they want to do is... They, Valve, you know, has a reputation. They probably want to create the game to sell the hardware. So mm -hmm. who knows if all three of these games will even see fruition or if these are just experimental projects that may or may not work out. Like Half-Life 3. <laughs> well, I, I don't even know if Half-Life 3 was even on the on the books. If there was any plan to do anything with it. But, you know, it's a whole different mm -hmm. story. I think it's, uh, uh, it's going to sell the games. I think, I think a Valve-developed title. I think most every VR title I've seen... It's a pretty small studio that makes it. It's not. We we I don't, have we seen any like big budget VR games from like a well recognized studio? Like I I don't think so. Everything has been like. There's a lot of indie games on VR mm -hmm. right now. A lot. Like almost all of them are indie. I mean, Valve made the the demo for the VR with the the the, the lab, and that's like right, one of the most the played ones. And, and they said and, that the lab is not is not what they mean by their VR. They mean full fledged games. Okay, that's cool. It's awesome then. I'm curious to see what they're going to make. I mean, I have a vibe, so it'll give me a you know reason to use it and try it out again. Dave New also made an interesting point, though. He thinks that wireless VR will be the standard by 2018, which I think is vastly overestimating uh, wireless of the hardware. Yep, that's. Uh, I think new. I, that was one of the statements he made. Yes, according to Gama Sutra. Um, so I, I think that. To me, that shows that there's there's an overestimation in the progress of VR, but maybe mm. he's right. Maybe there's something I don't know in the hardware development community. But we'll see. Now, wait for my yeah. MMO VR, all right? Come on, yeah. dog. There will be wireless VR in every home, like there will be a Steam machine in every home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a Steam controller, Matt. Come on, all of it. There's one in Matt's home. 
Matt, how much dust is on your Steam controller? I don't even know where it is right now, so I can't tell you. <laughs> Probably a lot of dust then. But yeah, VR is slow takeoff. I'm still waiting for a, a real MMO on uh, on VR. I'm curious how it's going to go. If it ever happens. Well, it will. I guess Elite Dangerous is the yeah. MMO, but, you know. It wasn't made for space. VR, yeah. It's, it's pretty incredible, but... Mm -hmm. so anyway. Alright, I, I got a fun fun story I want to share. Because I was Please. playing... Uh, I was actually playing quite a bit of 300 Heroes last night, alright? I didn't what expect... Alright, I, I linked a video showing some of the gameplay. Start at one minute over there to see some of the, the heroes in this game. It's actually a League clone. It's a, it's literally a League clone. Like, it's copies League, the map is the same, and the jungle is the exact same. Like, identical jungle, spawn, location, everything. But it's a 7v7 Chinese knockoff of League. It's a MOBA, and I didn't think I would have fun with it, but the game has a, 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 re a remarkable assortment of heroes. You have, like, every popular anime character... They copy some Dota characters. You got like Anti Mage. You got Queen of Pain. You have Makise Kiris from Steins Gate. You got Naruto. You got Goku. You got Sephiroth. You got like pretty much. You have all the Madoka characters. Like even some of the more like hardcore animes. You got Saber. You you, you have so many anime characters in here from so many games. Uh, it's a really weird mashup of all these anime characters and video game characters in a single MOBA. You, it's Chinese. You feel, Donkey made a video on it, and it seems kind of stupid because I think Shrek was in it at one point. There's Wally. You can play as Wally in the game too, right? <laughs> and it seems really dumb, but I had a lot of fun playing it. Like I didn't think I would. I thought I'd play one round and like laugh it off and never play again. No, I played like eight games in a row last night, and it was a blast. Not because it was balanced. It wasn't. You have like the, you have uh, the character of Attack on Titan, Makise, just diving around everywhere, killing everybody with the crazy mobility. And it was like mega broken in the game we played at least. But it was still fun. This tells me that balance doesn't matter for fun. Because this game has 10,000 players online concurrently as I was doing this video. And it's nuts. You know, 10,000 people and the queues are instant. And that was it was at like 4 a.m. on a, on, in China. At peak times, I'm curious what it will be. And people do play 3 on Heroes. The game over 10k concurrent uh, right before I went to bed. The, my favorite part was uh, the jungle creeps uh, were actually Pokemon. You had, like, you, scroll in the video. Yeah, yeah. you had like you had like Pidgeot, Pidgeots, and uh, a Nidoran, Nidoro King, Nidoro yeah. Queens. Yeah, you got Cubones. In the, instead of gold, the Golem camps are actually literally Cubones, and uh, that's awesome. The Wraith camp is literally Pidgeys and a Pidgeotto, <laughs> and there's Rattatas in the Wolf camp. If you scroll through the video, you'll see them. It looks pretty hilarious. Well, you got FMA in here too. Yeah, yeah, you got FMA in there. So I played I as uh, Miku. Hmm. Do you remember when China? I think it was in 2015, maybe 2016, last year. Remember they made that major announcement they're going to crack down on copyright titles and they're going to make sure that they, they stick to the books. Did they not look at 300 Heroes? Did they skip this one? I mean, I've never seen, except for that um, that Overwatch clone on mobile, I haven't seen anything so blatant as this. I'm going to defend Tencent them. I think the only ones that got any uh, yes. proper documentation to actually yeah. have a legal argument. Mm-hmm. I, I see. I gotta say, how much better is the Chinese system of copyright? Who are they hurting? I love with it. This? I love it. I no, love I have it. no problem with yeah. it. I'm just curious. I think this is this is funny and it's fun and um, go 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 ahead, China. Do whatever you want. The, like, you can never have a game like this because of American copyrights, right? To right. even be able to get all these anime characters, video game characters, and stuff together. Like even if some of the companies cooperate, you're not gonna get Disney to give them Wally, right? And like one guy will say no. In China, they give no Fs, right? And look, the whole 
issue and argument about copyright aside, I think it creates a really fun game for the consumer, right? Like, this is a game that was mindless fun, and I had a blast playing it. I know she played with me as well, and she doesn't, she hates MOBAs now, but she's like, she enjoys this because it has her favorite characters in it too. Like, playing a character you enjoy is sort of online characters too, obviously. Like, it, it's just fun. Like, it's not balanced, right? And balance, whatever. Minus the balance issues, it's a, it's a blast. And balance means nothing to me at this point when I'm playing this game. Yeah, it's but... seven on seven. It's pure chaos. It's a balance because it's a shit show. It's a shit show. It's 100% a shit show. And it's it's amazing. It's an amazing shit show. And this can only happen in China. This cannot happen in America because of the copyright laws. What a shame. Oh, man. Disney Disney would be greasing their palms up. and yeah. they, they would send out a, a whole um, phalanx of lawyers to take this shit. Oh, down. yeah. And what's remarkable is actually if you zoom in on the characters, uh, as I was playing, I checked out all the characters that I played. The actual animations are really crisp. Like, it's top-notch. Like, it's, they didn't cheapen out on putting the models in the game. Like, they got they got dances, they got animations, spell effects. A lot of it's really well done. I mean, this is not just a, like a cheap game they spent like a million bucks on. But they, they spent some money on this, and it really shows. I mean, that's why people play it. I just kind of wish we could play this in America. The biggest downside, if you want to play this, is that you're playing with... I was playing with 280 ping. But it, you don't need a VPN to play. Uh, you can figure out most of the interface on your own. And you, there's no phone verification required. So it's pretty easy to make an account, which is nice. Honestly, I would rather play this than League of Legends any day. I, 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 if I'm I don't all for silly MOBAs. I'm, I'm all, totally fine with this. Yeah, I want to play, play one day. Yeah, I'd be down to play this too one day. We could just play, you know, us and we could fill up our yeah. team. It's seven people per team, right? So we can yeah. get some buddies. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to play again tonight. I had a blast playing this last night. I'm playing again tonight for sure. The only problem yeah, is never... the games last forever sometimes. It's, it's, a, it's a, literally a clusterfuck. All my games last a minimum 45 minutes. But it was still a lot of fun. It's called 300 Heroes, yeah. If you come on Nemos.com Discord, we'll give you, we'll drop some links there how to play later. But that, that's what I was playing last night. You guys play anything uh, anything fun this last week, guys? Did uh, I, play I, played, um, I played more cloud pirates because that came out into early access and mm -hmm. I mean, i'm having a lot of fun with that because i don't i don't know if i get like jive well with the settings like the realistic world war ii kind of settings of most mm -hmm. of these vehicular shooters um dreadnought the the ship designs i didn't like them but mm -hmm. i've always liked the kind of like cartoony like steampunk-esque kind of vibe that Allods has so I, I like the world and i've been having a lot of fun playing a support class i'm pretty sure dreadnought is the only other one of the kind of in that genre that has a support class but i can't remember mm -hmm. if it does but yeah i've been having fun with the support class it works kind of like anna from overwatch where if you shoot an ally it's it helps it heals them and if you shoot an enemy it hurts them and you deal very little damage when you shoot enemies but yeah i've been having fun with that in, in its core is this game a lot like uh, dreadnought though like those kind of games yeah, at its core, it's a lot like those. It, it's cool. got this one mode that's called... Fuck, I don't even know what it's called. It's just a caravan <laughs> mode. And one team defends the caravans while the other team tries to attack the caravans. Mm -hmm. And um, if you blow up the caravans, if you're on the attacking side, you can get mm -hmm. materials that you can later use to build, like, a sky fortress with your clan. I actually wanted to play this earlier, and I, I, I went on Steam, and I'm like, it's not on Steam yet. I'll just wait till it comes on Steam, because they're doing the Steam early access, I think, shortly afterwards. Right now, it's only on My.com, right? Yeah, right now, it's only on My.com. You're going to have to use the My.com launcher anyways, because that's uh, what Allods does on Steam. Yeah. But I agree with you, Matt. I think this, this aesthetic looks a lot nicer to me. Personally, I'm more drawn to this aesthetic than the Dreadnought aesthetic, or the more, like, gritty, realistic look. 
It's got it looks really sharp. It's crazy. It's just that that little aesthetic change, mm-hmm. even though it's very similar. I mean, it's different, but it's similar. Mm-hmm. And um, just that little aesthetic change has made me want to play it so much more. Cool. I want to try it out too now. Yeah, I'll probably wait till Steam release and then I'm gonna check it out. Anybody else playing anything fun? Uh, fun? No, I've been playing the Fire Emblem game on mobile. Not fun. Yeah, it, 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 you get bored after like a couple hours, honestly. Lost its luster, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good Gumby. I, I tried playing Disgaea. Um, that go. Oh, it's very slow, but I, I like those kinds of games. But I really didn't put too much time into it. Mm. This this past week, I I didn't play too much. I didn't really have any time. But I reinstalled. All right, here. This is, I think, something that everyone can relate to. I got enthusiastic to install a game, but I didn't actually launch it, which right, was Battlefield game? 1. But Battlefield 1, I, I paid mm. money for it, and um, they, Battlefield just put out a, a major update today with a number of fixes, their winter update. Uh, so I had it uh, already installed, but I haven't launched it yet. So, you know, does, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been, been enthusiastic. I install the game, and I don't play it, but I, I kind of get a a sim pleasure out of seeing it installed on my hard drive <laughs> then you know then it takes a whole another effort to actually launch the game well you got excited that counts man i got me i'll give you a check mark for that one thank all right? you thank you I, can i get a check plus please no you don't sure? get you, you get you don't you're not getting a check minus you're getting a regular check all right the trick was if you got the check minus you just put you just put another line on and now a check plus all right boom done hey, mom i got a check <laughs> i also uh i, I want to mention that there, there's this other indie game that's going to be really lesser known um, that I played this past week called We Need to Go Deeper. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and get your jokes out. Um, <laughs> that's what she said. It is Valentine's Day. It's a submarine roguelike that's kind of inspired by mm-hmm. game or books by Jules Verne, you know, like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and everything. And it's it's for up to four people like it's a cooperative game and one person has to drive one person has to shoot you, ideally you have someone else repairing and you can find like caves underwater and you'll jump out of the ship when you're in those caves and you'll go venture around kill enemies and mm-hmm. find loot and stuff and you'll find upgrades that'll give you faster shield recharge times or something like that it'll make your cannon turn faster so that you can react faster and um maybe like make your submarine move faster well the game is insane like at at any one time when you're being attacked you can have like a ton of like swordfish stabbing literally stabbing holes in your ship and if they go through your hole right next to you they'll hurt you and you have like krakens that attack your ship and their tentacles bust through the hole and they beat the shit out of you until you beat them up because they'll they'll latch onto your ship, and you have to mm-hmm. knock their tentacles off, knock the actual kraken off, and then shoot them again to kill them before they come back and attack you again. And if they attack you so many times, they run out of tentacles. They just float around as this head, and it's pretty hilarious. But th- the game is insane. I mean, I I played it with Cat, and is a two player game. It's just very very difficult. We finally made it to the second biome, and um, we got attacked by these like anglerfish things mm-hmm. and they tore the ship apart within like a minute and we drowned basically this it's, looks amazing of, yeah it's a co-op only game too and I, we don't get enough co-op games so this seems pretty fun and it's online co-op it's not yeah. local oh thank god i hate when games have like oh co-op but then you have to be local thank god <laughs> i love the, the style of this nice. game yeah the art is amazing yeah. beautiful really fun 
Art doesn't do it for me, but the gameplay really? is pretty cool. Yeah, it looks it's like a like uh, looks like a pop art book. You know, you yeah. turn the page and the stuff pops out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. But I think the art is really nice. Is? I mean, to each their own. I mean, I, I don't mind it. It just it's not like visually striking for me. But the gameplay looks fun because it's co-op, and co-op games are awesome. Yeah, but if you guys, if anybody in out there um, has two or three friends that they can grab and play a game for a night. It, it's insane fun. I mean, it, it's, it needs cool. a little bit of polish, but it's mostly there. And I had a lot of fun with it. Cool. All right. And uh, I'd hate to take the spotlight again, but I see someone asking about Wild 8. Mm -hmm. And I played Wild 8 as well. It's, it's different because it's story-guided. It's a survival game that's story-guided, and you have to deal with the whole, you're going to freeze to death if you don't have like a fire at all times thing but it's very very hard it is one of the hardest games i have ever played i, wow, I wow. don't know how else to put it um it it took cat and i um i want to say like two hours just to get to the like third objective i think ideally it's up to like eight people so ideally you have maybe like four or five people at any one time so just having two people, we didn't have, like, any of the, like, oh, shit, how do I say it? Like, we didn't have the ability to collect resources at the rate we needed to. So it took forever. Mm. It took forever to get anywhere. You were, like, and, consuming more resources than you were getting with, like, yeah. blogs and stuff. And especially with food. Food, it goes down so terribly, like, fast. And Burn those calories. By the time we finally started getting anywhere, we get, I'm not going to spoil what was in the building but we get into this building and there's this mob in there and it just wrecks us instantly <laughs> and i'm like oh my god what the fuck just happened and i rage quits so love the look of this game this looks like a fun one it's this a survival game and the developers emphasize difficulty i mean they, they are this is not a cakewalk that's what they're trying to sell the difficulty so that's kind of cool but it's another survival game and we're seeing so many of these this one though reminds me of uh those old warcraft 3 maps uh the look of it kind of you know what I'm talking about? Or I got Albion mm -hmm. vibes. I know what you're talking about, though, but I feel like it looks more like Albion. The, the aesthetic is definitely Albion. Well, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. talking about the gameplay, but we'll see. Yeah, it does look fun, though. Cool. Uh, quick question for you, Matt, for that uh, submarine game. Have you played Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time? Yeah, it's better than that. Okay. But it's the same kind of, cool. somewhat similar, right? It's it's in it's conceptually similar, but it's okay. got more to it. Okay, cool. And it, like... It feels more like you're actually fighting things off and less like you're just sitting in a panel for no reason. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Well, those are two interesting upcoming early access games. Uh, now to talk about perhaps a company that's not doing quite as well as these. Who could it be? <laughs> Who it's... could it be? I'm so... The suspense is killing so me. I remember <laughs> we talked about some Nexon and NCSoft numbers uh, last week. Uh, I wanted to like, dig a little deeper specifically on Nexon's North American operation. Because uh, uh -oh. I had a sneaking suspicion that, you know, we always hear about Dungeon Fighter Online or Crossfire being these huge games in China. But when I look at the sites, when I look at the gaming community in America, I j those those games don't resonate. They don't, they're not on the radar. Mm -hmm. Like DFO actually shut down in America by Nexon uh, a couple years ago. So I thought to myself, there's no way, there's no way these companies could be making money in America. And uh, that is, that happens to be the case. So I did a little chart here. Uh, basically, Nexon America lost $43 million last year. And as you can see, they've been losing money basically since the company went public uh, in 2011. Uh, they've, they've never posted a profit in America since then. 
So 2010, they made a million dollars. All right. Yes, they made one million dollar profit in 2010. That was the year before they went public. Um, mm -hmm. There's no numbers before that. Next on America actually begins in 2005 with the launch of uh, MapleStory, and I do believe they made some money back then uh, because MapleStory was pretty big when it first came out here. But they really haven't had a hit uh, until Vindictus came out. I think also in 2009 or 10 or something. Mm -hmm. And besides those two games, I don't think anything they made here really caught on. I mean, the revenue has increased significantly. You know, you look at like 2014 to 2015, the revenue jumped from 49 million to 105. That is enormous. Yeah, what do you think? Icarus is uh, Icarus of Icarus is doing fairly well. Yeah, uh, I don't know about financially, but it's got people playing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll have to see this uh, this year. Uh, this year, they have a big, they have a couple of games coming out. Maple Story Two, potentially Hyper Universe. Uh, those will be fun, but I don't think they're much different than their other games here. That you know, kind of middled along. Whoa, uh, whoa you missed Lawbreakers. I, uh... Well, I was gonna say the big one coming out this year will be Lawbreakers, and that's with their partnership with uh, Bosky, and that is slated to be a buy-to-play game. So perhaps Nexon is learning. See, Nexon came in and kind of introduced, uh, helped introduce Western gamers to free-to-play. So they kind of wrecked everyone's shit uh, up into the market, and even they can't make money from it. So even they're going back to uh, buy to play as their way to make money in America, which I found interesting. Also, small. I'd, go ahead. I'd like to theorize something. So basically, whenever you see a mobile game by Nexon, Nexon Korea is actually the one that I get the press releases from. So I'm ninety percent sure that <laughs> Nexon Korea is the one publishing the mobile games here in the West. So perhaps oh. the reason they're losing money. It's because they don't have any of the mobile games. Yes, I mean, that's interesting. That that's, that's important to keep in mind uh, with the way the divisions work. I'm specifically talking about their North American office building and the games that they run, which I think at this time you're right, Matt, are just the um, PC just, and more. Yeah, because it's so easy for uh, to translate mobile games because there's not that much text. So I'm, they're probably doing that from their head office. You brought up Lawbreakers too. Worth mentioning, it's coming out in 2017. That was like uh, yep, that year. was in the earnings release too. So it's coming out later this year. No word on exactly when. As a small clarification, you said DFO shut down uh, a couple years ago. It did. Uh, yes, but it, it did relaunch. So I don't want people to think the game is gone. Uh, Nexon was publishing DFO and they shut it down and it's been shut down for a while. And then they relaunched it globally through uh, Neopol, their subsidiary that actually develops the game. It's still around, you know. And this is again numbers specifically for Nexon America. Nexon as a company makes a shit ton of money mainly because of Korea and China. America is a tiny portion of their revenues and they lose money on those revenues as well. But isn't that nuts? They make 85 million last year in revenue and they lost 43 million. I mean, on 85 million revenue, you're losing like 43 million. Like, I get it, but you lose like 10% on that, but they're losing like half. They're basically yeah, charging a little less, but you know. Basically, they're <laughs> charging 50 bucks for $100 bills. That's the way I like to see it. No, I mean, look, they're making money on each on the transactions, right? Because when you buy an item in MapleStory, that's 100% margin, but their expenses are greater. That's simple. They have a lot of employees. They got developers. They got they got people well, working. They there. don't. They, they don't have developers. Developers. They have no developers. You're telling me. Makes in America. They got design. They got the designers. They have designers probably where they communicate the decisions they want to make changes for the Western version, maybe. Do they ever you, really make changes? They always say they do, but what do they actually do? I know nothing. They cover up some cleavage. Oh, that requires like five people on staff. I, if well, I had it easy, if I had to guess, I'd say they do have developers on staff. And the reason I say that is because, like, um, with Ragnarok 2, War, War Portal, 
recently took over development of Ragnarok 2 from Gravity, which was mm -hmm. the main company. So I'd, I'd say that every one of these companies has some developers on staff, but I, I wouldn't be able to tell you how many. Because, I mean, I can't imagine them, you know, what are they spending that money on? They got spent, they got $85 million coming in. That means they, have, they, have, they clearly have like $130 million going out. Where's that money going out there? They have, they have, there's got to be tons of employees. And I mean, yeah. the crazy thing is to think they spent that much money and they couldn't even give us the original <laughs> Korean launch version of Writer's Vicarus. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's unfortunate losing money, but I think they're, I don't think they're going to give up on America at all. I mean, they have lawbreakers coming out. And if you look at previous slides from their investor presentation, they, they, they're going to boost North American revenues. That will be their single biggest engine of growth going forward. The largest segment of growth, rather. So they're doubling down in America. I mean, there's no sign of them, you know, giving up. They did move. They are cost conscious, though, because that's one probably one of the reasons they moved Atlantica to Volof. They didn't want to self-publish it because it wasn't making any money for them. And I guess they wanted to I guess, fire the people working on the next in their American office for that game to save money. But they're going to keep doubling down. They said they're going to make some acquisitions in America. So they're trying. And I think even though they're losing money, this is an industry where it's like you make one huge game and it'll carry you. I mean, almost every company has that one huge game. NTSoft has Lineage, right? Like Lineage one that's been carrying them since like 1997. You have, you know, Nexon, which is being carried by DFO, which released what 2005, 2004, I forget when. But you know, they're going. For, they're, they're, they they need a hit. You know, every one of these companies they live off hits. All right. Mm -hmm. So trying and losing money is almost like normal business practices until they get that hit. And the only way to get that hit is to keep trying and churning out titles. And one of them is going to stick and stick remarkable. That that's their goal. I, I, you're right, and I think they're finally learning. I think they gave up on their first-party games here, uh, in terms of at least turning a profit. Um, mm. The CEO of Nexon did say he's going to invest in a lot more Western studios, and mm. the Lovebreakers deal is a you know a sign of that. Um, their previous one did not go, didn't go so well. Dirty Bomb. They actually had the global marketing and publishing rights to Dirty Bomb, which was developed mm. by Splash Damage, and that deal fell apart. Splash Damage decided to go its own way, so. It, the strategy is yet to pay off, but 2017 will be the year we, we find out with Lawbreakers. Mm -hmm. All right, next on. I believe in next on. I think I think Blizzard is like the only company that comes to mind that has got like so many hits. Right, for these online games, typically one or two games max usually end up carrying the company. Blizzard has, has a pretty good, you know, portfolio of games where everything makes a lot of money. You know, you have you have WoW, which makes like 700 million dollars. And then you have you have Hearthstone, which makes four hundred million dollars. Isn't that nuts? Hearthstone makes like four hundred million. When you know, that's that's crazy. Four hundred million dollars off Hearthstone. I think the better, more interesting thing about Blizzard's success is the fact that their games, uh, Hearthstone, WoW, Diablo three, have been successful mm -hmm. across the world. So they their hits in Asia, China, yeah. Korea, and their hits here in the West where they're made. Uh, so few companies have found that cross uh, success. So for example, all these Korean companies, Nexon, NCSoft. You know, they don't make money in America. Even if NCSoft you know, breaks even uh, on their revenues here, it's not a, yeah. it doesn't move the needle for the company. Uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, Blizzard, they seem to be popular uh, everywhere games are played. Yeah, they're rocking it. And same with League. League is popular wherever it's played, uh, despite being mm -hmm. a Western-developed title. All right. Uh, obviously, guys, we, we did bring up... You did bring up NCSoft, so we got to mention uh, Lineage, too, right? There's a... New Lineage 2 Korean update, and they're celebrating their 10-year... They're ending a 10-year story saga for uh, their storyline. I forgot what it was called. But uh, this storyline has been going for 10 years 
in Korea. And it's finally ending today. Like, how many games even survive 10 years to have a 10-year story arc? Is that nuts? How many players survive the game to, to Listen, conclude the 10-year well, story arc? It's still doing pretty well in Korea, so I'd say there are a lot of people. And I think it's doing pretty well in America, too. You guys might, I mean, Gumby and Aaron, you guys might be discounted. The, the server we were on was set as busy, and we see a shit ton of players in every single town. The game was doing well. I mean, there's no way to look at numbers. I wish it was on Steam so we can pull some numbers, but it's got players. It's got players, so, but do you think it's making money outside Korea? Again, we can't know that. I mean, let me go ahead yeah. and give a, uh, give a big old no. <laughs> to, to just, just, to, just, you know, pulling a number out of my ass, I say no. I say they're doing fine. I, I don't know if they're making money, obviously, but... Most of the money comes in Korea for all these companies. Uh, I know, and stuff does break it down again, and North American revenues are tiny overall. But it's busy, and I, I'm glad to see it making money and surviving this long. So, it, I mean, ugh, it wasn't a bad game, all right? I, I, no. I think no. it was surprisingly smooth, especially for its age. I still say that. Yeah, it works. I, I, ado mean, I had the opposite impression. I, I, I felt the, the, it, it, the things it did well weren't important, and the things it did poorly were important, to me at least. So it, it just didn't jive with me. The world was too big for what you did with the world. You know, there was... There wasn't much to interact with, right, in the world. But but the zones, the, you know, the area between two like important spots was just this green nothingness, and it just didn't add anything for me. All right, here's uh here's another interesting element, guys. Uh, this game we should have probably played on the classic server. There's something on uh, called an EU game called uh, Lineage Two Classic. I believe it's a subscription based game, actually, right? Which is nuts because yeah. Lineage Two was originally subscription based and it went free to play. Uh, but this EU version of the game is based on the classic version it's uh they have two servers i think uh one classic one faster leveling but it's the way the mid game was meant to be played and i think how i played on the private server back in the day where it's a more measured leveling experience and it's actually really popular i mean i'm looking at the if you look at their alexa rank they're at 5,000. they're the 5,000th biggest website in the world and this is the only game they have i bet these servers are packed at this point to be able to get those kind of numbers oh maybe wait this what you, that's not that's not the only game that 4Game has. Hold on, let me look. I went to their homepage and I saw this. Let me see what else they got. It's not even close to the only game 4Game has. Let's take, let 4Game has to have at least 4 games. All right, let's... Hold on, hold on. <laughs> where, where are you seeing the other games? If I go to their homepage, I only get directed to uh, Lineage. They must have shut them down recently then. All right, hold, hold on. on. Because there's a website called 4Games.com, but that's a separate website, and it's about these Chinese games. So 4Game.com. They only have Lineage Wait, 2. Wait, no, I'm Lineage mixing Classic. that up with GameNet. Never mind. Okay. It has Black Desert and Battle Carnival. All right. So it's pretty ginormous to have that kind of, you know, Alexa ranking, which means people do play this stuff, you know? Actually, hold on. Look at oh, Their Russian website has a few other games, too. They, have, they publish Blade and Soul, actually. They publish Aeon. So they have a good deal with uh, NCSoft. They do have, other, they have a few other games as well, actually. And you can't see those unless you go to the Russian version. But everyone who's... I've gotten emails from people saying, you know, play the the, the EU version because it's it's mega-packed. And if that's subscription-based, I think it's making money. Because if you, do you count uh, Europe as West, you know, it's still Western. So if you add up those revenues, I think it's quite possible the game is profitable. Okay, but i got to make a distinction between the game and NCSoft making money on the West. So, for example... Uh, they're paying a royal. This company is paying a royalty to yes. NCSoft. NCSoft. Now, does that royalty and the revenue they make from the American server cover the cost of their Western operations? I, I say no. 
I don't know. Impossible to know again. It has to. to play. It has to, and the reason for that is they were quick to shut down Lineage in the West rather than make it go free to play. They, I don't think they were quick. It's been a, you know, that's an old game. But they haven't shut down Wildstar yet. There's no way that's making money. So I don't they know. They haven't shut down like anything since yeah. they shut down. Okay, City of Heroes was making money, and they shut that down. Well, that that just shows the decision is not just about losses because Nexon is keeping everything up, even though you know they're losing money hand over fist. But we'll see. That's we'll see. true. We'll see. Uh, Ottawa, I mean, this is actually, you brought, next time losing money hand over fist, you know why? Because they're not bringing closers to America. But don't worry, somebody is, all right? Really? I don't cool. think yeah. closers is the, uh, the breadwinner there. But closers go is going to close the deal. It's going to close the deal. They're going to make money, all right? This is pretty cool, actually. They're doing a private server for closers. And this is the official, I guess, forum post introducing it. And it, closers is a Nexon published title. It's been out in, I think, Korea for a while. But there's been no word on an American release, like, ever. So these guys are going to make their own private server for the game. This is what happens when you never launch your game uh, overseas. Somebody's going to make a private server. That's pretty cool. Are they going to translate stuff? Yeah, it's translated. Oh, it's, that's awesome. It's not, it's not fully translated right now, but, like, the hmm. important stuff is translated. And they say you have custom content and three times XP rates. And I think they're going to have uh, easier ways to get, like, cosmetics in game rather than paying. But that sounds really cool. I mean, this is... Look... Like, there's obviously take the intellectual property issues aside. I think this is a huge win, you know, for for gamers. Why not? We get more choice in the West at the detriment of Nexon, I guess. But you know, clearly they don't they don't care about it. So it's it's all us. Yeah, it's pretty in cool. China though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Look at those dances. Scroll down. Look at the bunny girl outfit. All right. Oh, all right. Boob physics. Just leave those ladies running there the whole time. I'd, right? I'd hazard a guess that it isn't coming here. No, probably. It's been a while already, so it's probably not officially going to launch here. Yeah, it's releasing with Soul Worker, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, right. Soul Worker's got more of a chance. Soul Worker's at least announced, and it was like... The, well, it was not really announced. There's a splash page for it, all right? It's uh... something. This game, like, was... I played the I played the Korean version for a video, and, like, I don't know. It didn't do it for me in the first, like, 20, 30, 40 minutes I played afterwards, and, like, it just felt a little jankier and not you as sharp. You have to get to the real game at max level. No, but like when I played RP, like that was fun. I played that for hours already afterwards too, and I, I streamed it again. I just played on my own for fun, right? RP just felt like from the get go, like super nice and fluid and really cute. This game, like it looks decent, it looks good in screenshots, but like my game, it felt it looked like janky, and it looked like the graphics weren't as good as some of the, the trailers I've seen for the game. But maybe there's more to it, and I'm curious to see what people who played the game do think. And I'll, I'll play the private server too. You know, we got the three times XP rates too, so it'll go quick. It's definitely also got a fan base because, I mean, they brought it over here and they translated it. I mean, yeah. it's not just a private server. They translated it. It's an ordeal, yeah. They it also was, called yeah. themselves well-funded. I don't know what that means, but they said they're well-funded and, like, skilled. I wish it said trust-funded instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, they call themselves skilled. Nice. Of course they call themselves skilled. But I guess it means they, they don't they don't want people to think they're a fly by night operation. Uh, we'll see though. You know, all we it, when is it coming out again, uh, Matt? Do you it's know? out. It's out right now. That's awesome. That's that's the that's the announcement post that it's out. Oh, awesome. Sunday fun day. Like, oh. I say that's not a bad idea at all. That's we amazing. Have a Sunday fun day. Oh. All right. Very cool though. Custom content too. Nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna download that version and check it out then. Yeah. God bless private servers. All right. God bless private servers. Mm -hmm. Cool. Now we gotta mention another big news. Actually, this is actually probably the biggest news. 
Uh, the Kingdom of the Fire bit, Matt, do you want to take that? Oh yeah, so Kingdom it's Under big. Fire, uh, they finally announced that it will be launching in Russia this fall, and that once it launches in Russia, they're going to bring it to North America and Europe sometime. We don't know when. It could be any time in 2018. It could be 2019, but it will be after Russia. Like they're, they're, they, they remembered about us. They, they know <laughs> we're here. They know we want it, and they're eventually going to bring it to us. Now, hold on. Sorry, I had to click open the article and I have it on push to talk. Um, so, also, interesting figure that I know Omer was excited about. I was very they excited. They spent $78 million on Kingdom Under Fire so far. $78 wow. million. That's Making nuts. It is called the most expensive Korean MMO ever created. And somebody, I don't remember who, commented in like Discord or somewhere saying that it was more expensive than their most expensive movie. Wow. wow. So this is like the most expensive entertainment product to come out of Korea, basically. And to put that into context again, guys, it's one of the most expensive MMORPGs period in the world. We keep a we keep a nice ongoing log about the most expensive MMOs ever developed. And basically it, it, it I'll tell you what it costs. It costs more than Rift. Rift costs fifty to seventy million. World of Warcraft vanilla costs sixty three million. DC Universe was fifty million. Secret World is fifty million. So we have a list of these games, and it makes it to the list. I mean, it's not the most expensive game, but the most expensive Korean game. It's close to games like Final Fantasy XIV and Firefall, which costs tons of money. And that's that's nuts. I'm surprised we haven't, you know, nothing else was the most expensive game till this. 78 million bucks. It wasn't from Nexon. It wasn't from NCSoft. It was Kingdom Under Fire 2 that made the that list. Wow. There's also another figure that's really nice. So right now... The Blue Side 2.0 engine can support up to 10,000 units on screen at once. They're currently working on the Blue Side 3.0 engine, and this is going to work on PS4 as well. Mm -hmm. It supports up to 60,000 units on screen at once. I, I would like to see that. <laughs> yeah, I want to see it too. Right now, this, this trailer looks pretty badass too. It looks like Dynasty Warriors. But they do say that specifically they have MMO elements too. Territory control, guilds, sieges, and all that stuff too. And... If you if you search on YouTube, you will find actual gameplay videos for the game because it did have a closed beta back in 2011. So it's been in development hell for a while too. Possibly one of the explanations for the big budget is they've been developing it forever. So in 2011, the first closed beta happened, and it actually ended up launching into this state of beta that was accessible in Southeast Asia. But that version of the game, when it launched, I think in 2013 or so, it has been updated in literally years. So the current state of the game is vastly different. Than what I they think have they had playable. one expansion, one expansion okay. for the SEA version. That was it. It was done. And it doesn't even work anymore. You can't even play it today. Like you can download it, but it just doesn't work. And every in the forums complaining just doesn't work. So clearly, it's been neglected since then. There's a Chinese version which is way more up to date, and that one's going to launch first, and then we're going to get the RU version after. Yeah, the Chinese version is going to be in no wipe closed beta, which requires a key. Sorry, guys. Hmm. Next month. So if you can get a hold of a key sometime. You can play it on the Chinese servers, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to be IP blocked. Um, Chengyu is pretty easy to sign up for, but you need an ID number. We have stuff on the site that teaches you how to get those. But yeah, so they're going to have their first no-wipe closed beta, like the first launch in the world, the first no-wipe ever mm -hmm. next month. So it's, it's getting there. It's, it's getting there. It's actually going to happen. I mean, I, remember, I think I remember seeing this video ages ago like about this game. Because again, it was announced. The first closed beta was in 2011. That means they must have announced it before then too. The hype was there. It kind of faded, but now it's going to be back again after they're going to be pushing all this marketing materials. It looks badass. This trailer. 
Mm-hmm. This is gonna be the biggest. This might be one of the biggest launches of the year too. I mean, obviously budget-wise, it's gonna be the biggest, but it's looks pretty intense. I really wanted to play it too on the Southeast Asian version, but I couldn't. It just doesn't work right now. I mean, but yeah. Um. So, also interesting note: they are launching in China first, then they're gonna launch in Taiwan, and then after that, Russia, and then. After Russia, alongside the North American and European and Japanese ones, they're going to start working on the Korean one, even though it's a Korean game. That's so weird that the Korean game is like, we're going to get it first before the Koreans this time. We might. We don't know. Just yeah. after Russia. Mm -hmm. But even the Russia, honestly, when it comes out in Russia, I'm already, I, can, I can already play it easily. Like, Russia, is, there's no, you know, usually silly like phone restrictions or ID restrictions. You know, anyone can make accounts on Russian games. They're typically very easy to do. And you know, usually the VPNs are no issues anyway. So I I'll play when the Russian version comes out. At least do a video then. But yeah, it's Kingdom of Fire too. I'm actually pretty hyped for it after seeing that trailer. I am very it skeptical. I am too because I, uh, it looks too it looks too good almost. But I am. Skeptical. I played the Taiwanese version. It's very cool. Hmm. All right. Wow. The Southeast Asian version. I, I mean. Again, they never updated it, and I really wish I got to play it before it shut down, before it became inaccessible. But until then, like, you gotta give it credit, too. It's doing something different, right? We've seen the MMORPG formula many times, and I know Airhound was kind of complaining that uh, Moonlight Blade was, like, this the, that formula, you know? There was a mini discussion about, it's just, you know what to do right away, because it follows the same formula. Clearly, this is not going to follow the same formula. Like, this is not a traditional MMORPG in a sense. But they do call it an MMORPG themselves. And it will have MRPG elements, just not in that same mold that we're so used to with the quest hubs and, you know, running along the, the rail of getting, like, going through dungeons and content. It's going to be different, at least what it's promising so far. Right, I hope so. Yeah. We've been lacking original games for a while, so I'm hoping, hoping this fills the void, but it's still, unfortunately, quite a while's away. Rip. I think All the good games are always far away. I, I honestly am so surprised that uh, these games take this long to make. And I think that's going to be the... That's, I think that's the biggest advantage of mobile games. Uh, you, can, you can get them out there fast, see if they do well, take them down, try again. Mm -hmm. This game was announced in 2008. The closed beta was in 2011. And we're going to see it in 2017 now. It's, what a crazy development it's cycle. It's like literally a decade-long uh, development cycle. That's... I don't know. That's something. <laughs> That is something. It's a decade. Guys, did you guys enter the, the Rise of Icarus data, data GM contest? Oh, well, no. What, how does that work? I want to see this. Did, did we talk about it last week? Did we? I think we did. But it, it, was, it was... Actually, no. No, we didn't, actually. No, it's Valentine's Day. Bring it up again. It's Valentine's Day. It's a fun, it's a fun event, all right? Uh, in Rise of Icarus, they're, they're hosting a really fun, uh, interesting event. Where you can literally date a GM, all right. In order to date, in order to get the GM you want, you have to woo them by sending them uh, in-game like poems, artwork, Valentine's Day cards, basically whatever you think you can woo them with. Don't send them dick pics. I feel like a lot of people are gonna do that, and it's not gonna be the play, all right. Oh my god! Don't send them the dick pics, but they're gonna get them, obviously. Why was uh, I chosen? Oh, you had the nicest dick pic. The lighting uh -huh. was just magnificent. The shadows, beautiful. And the contest ends on February 16th, so send your favorite in-game GM uh, some some goods. If I win, she's got to put out, all right? I want to I want to get my toe in that ear, all right? I want to do the weirdest ERP, the weirdest freaking ERP if I win, all right? 
I gotta send something. I gotta prepare some MS Paint artwork. What does ERP stand for? Oh, erotic role playing, obviously. Come on. Oh, that's an that's an acronym, huh? Yeah, it's an it, it's so it's so standard. It's an acronym now. All right. Okay. For the record, it's a one hour long date. All right, they're on a they're no, on the know. clock. They're on the clock when they're dating you. All right. Yeah, they're watching that clock. <laughs> that's a that's a really cool idea, though. The fact that you can actually interact with GMs like this. But yeah, it's like obviously they're just normal people too, right? But like to have an event like that, which involves creativity, is like I think it's so much more like intuitive and like thought out than like normal Valentine's Day events where you win like a bag of heart, like a heart bag, which has like random like Valentine's themed goods in it, right? Come on, like that shit's like so standard almost. Like give players a cool way. Like events should be fun and different. I'm sure they're doing all the basic stuff too, where there's like regular quest events where you get bonus XP and all the other other jazz and items for participating. But heavy stuff like this is like it's fun, you know, it's fun. Mm -hmm. So God bless Nexon for for doing this. Whoever wins, just if somebody else wins out there that's watching us, you know, be like, put put your toe in their ear in the in the RP and see what they say. You know right? Pull a right? hmm. Whoever donates enough money so Nexon can recuperate their losses. There you go. Whoever's got the most cash off spending ends up winning. And somebody said GM is a blanket term now for customer service representative. Yeah, probably, but you know, it's it's still fun. There's obviously more events going on too. Uh, every every game and like whether it's BDO, FF14, probably World of Warcraft, like every game is gonna be running a Valentine's event. And it's usually not over today. So if you listen to this, the events probably aren't over. They usually go for like a couple days or like a week after Valentine's Day. So take advantage. Take advantage. Somebody just said the game is paid to date. <laughs> it's pretty funny but so is real life right? real life is paid to date as well too true <laughs> just date a gym in a game right? just get, a, just get on uh, get on 5 street and do the slide the falling animation on the girls alright that's cheap that's free it's for everyone alright that's that I think that was the most fun Valentine's Day event agreed but in some more uh, you know we talked about Kingdom of the Fire 2 there's actually another game that we can get hyped about again. Uh, this is a game that a lot of people have been hyped about for a while. And we have a reason to talk about it again. Lost Ark, guys, has a job posting. You know oh. you grasp at straws when the only news you have about a game in literally months, literally months, is that they posted a job listing for a game tester. But I guess that means shit's progressing. Sean, you take it. Uh, I mean, you already covered it. That's all there is to it. They put out a... A job listing for a QA game tester, and uh, that's it. That's it. That's it. Lost Ark. Basically, it means nothing. Well, it, means, well. It, it means it means almost nothing except that this game has been in development for a while now. I don't know when we first heard about it, but uh, we've seen uh, full-on gameplay, cinematic moments. We've seen classes and characters running through dungeons, but apparently, it's just not up to snuff yet. So now, now they're actually bringing in games testers because uh, I guess uh, the good people at Smilegate realized that a closed beta test doesn't <laughs> give you feedback for shit. So now they're actually going to hire somebody who's a professional to tell them what systems need to be improved before they release the game. Now this is both a sign of confidence uh, in the sense that Smilegate wants to improve their game systems and make sure everything's right. And also a sign, it's also important in that, uh, boy, it sure has been quite a bit since the last closed beta. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it doesn't bode well for the game as a complete package. Uh, what's going on over there? 
at Smilegate because the hype train started a while ago. I mean, they released what a, was it a 20 minute video or 14 minute video mm -hmm. showing off gameplay. Um, so I'm a bit worried, uh, to be totally honest. <laughs> well, we can see the job listing here. I think you put the link in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you live, if you if we have any viewers from Korea, uh, go ahead, get the job, give and us the deets, right? take some yes. footage, that exclusive coverage. No, this actually discourages me. If they're just now hiring these kind of QA testers, we're far away. Yeah, you think so? When do you think it's coming out? Not this year. Definitely, I, I agree. Definitely not this year. I mean, you don't just start hiring people for this. Oh my god, it's actually oh, they, they've already they've already done a public test. They've done one form of yeah, they've done a public test. That's what he's saying. You don't yeah. hire people after you yeah. do the public yeah. test. <laughs> maybe maybe they're gonna remake. I don't know. They probably made big changes. They want to see what feedback is from them. Do you think they were so naive that they thought their closed beta testers would give them feedback? I struggle to believe that. That they actually that, that thought closed beta meant closed beta and not fucking uh, hype tease. It's true. I'm looking at actually the other job listings from the same company. They actually have two other Lost Ark related job listings. And what's funny is they refer to Lost Ark as the next generation MRPG. I feel like every game kind of does that too, but it's just funny to see the lingo being tossed around. So they're hiring a, a business planner, a project manager for Lost Ark as well. Oh, that's not good. And they're hiring, uh, well, we got the QA staff already, some other QA recruitment. Not just the tester, but... Dude, they're hiring a guy to hire the tester. There you go, QA recruitment. <laughs> <laughs> your game can't be next-gen if it takes so long that next-gen's here by the time it releases. I agree. And I'm looking at the eligibility for this uh, for these jobs. You need high content comprehension of the MRPG industry, utilizing planning capacities. Interesting. Look what it takes to become a tester in Korea. All right. Hire me, please. Again, just send your res. Let's all send our resumes in. We get the job, and we just ask when is it coming out. Whoa, we, whoa, we, demand you, we demand to know. You're assuming I have a resume. Oh, of course. Just send them. Uh, I'll send them one of my league replays. I'm gonna take right? a cute. Riders of Icarus. It is Valentine's Day. I'm gonna send them a dick pic, and I'll let you know how that goes. Guys, it's it's, it's valid. It, it, just just send them your league uh, profile, right? Your your ratings, your rankings. In Korea, doesn't that pass off as a resume these days? Come on, everybody plays league over there. Oh, so when you get hired, you get us the footage. And then All right, we'll I got, it, I got, it. I got you guys. All right, we'll get in. I'm still hype about the game, but just unfortunately, we gotta wait forever now. You know, we still have to. It still feels like forever. At least when there's a Korean release date, like we know, like that's a starting point for Western localization. Yes. You know. When, when the Korean version launches, then we can start counting like the days it's almost going to happen. We're not even at the point where there's a release date for the Korean version yet. So the hype's got to... Like, this game has been the number one highest rated games on MMOs.com, purely based on hype, for the longest time. It's rated a 4.16, just on MMOs.com by user ratings. And everyone's hyped about this game, and no one's played it. You know what's funny is uh, I bet the footage they showed off was like the only polished sequences they had. Everything we've seen so far from this game has been highly cinematic. Uh, reminds me of another uh, Kickstarter, soon-to-be Kickstarter title that showed us some highly cinematic gameplay. Oh, and, you know, it, bring it up. Yeah. That could that. What I think happens is, is you have these sequences, you have these highly orchestrated sequences like this, and then the rest of the game ends up falling flat. And that's probably where the issues are that they see is that because the entire game can't be one, you know, one column falling after another, one cinematic boss fight after another. You know, there has to be some type of standard going on. Otherwise, you're never going to release the game. That would take forever. So. Mm -hmm. I wonder what the atypical gameplay is like, and maybe that's the problem. It's the stuff that we're not seeing. 
I mean, yes, it's pretty. Yes, there's these really nice level designs, but you know, it's just what they choose to show. So, who knows how far in development they actually got? You know, I mean, more so than outside like, of core the, systems. More so than Asher Creation, which we're going to bring up next, because at least they did have that public closed beta. Like, there was something for sure. people to explore, you know, uh, and play. Before we move on to Asher Creation, how much of an impact on Lost Ark hype do you guys think Moo Legend will have? I think a good amount. No, none. Why? None. Really? It's not the same game. People, people. It's are the same game. Lost, no, people that are going after Lost Ark are looking for like the next big ARPG. People that want to play Moo Legend want to just play an ARPG. There's, there's a difference. Okay, there's a difference. <laughs> but do you think it, if, it, if they like Moo Legend, I think, I think Moo Legend is going to be like a net that kind of like filters. Yeah, I'll tell you why it's not going to have any effect. Here's why. Moo Legend's releasing. Lost Ark, as far as we know, you know, is no time soon. By the time people are burnt out of Moo Legend, they'll be ready for Lost Ark. Oh, all right. Well, That's, no, true. There's, That's true. There's, there's also the thing that a lot of the people that are waiting on Lost Ark are probably going to go into it, go into Moo Legend not looking at it as a permanent thing, just mm. something to hold them over. And it's going to be just something to hold them over that they're going to quit quickly. It, it's just how it works. All right. Somebody said uh, Lost Ark just couldn't figure out the rope bridge versus rope as bridge differentiation. Remember we had that discussion about the rope bridges in Lost Ark? That was, that was a heated discussion, I remember. That, that was, was a very a, heated discussion. That was still, unusually heated. I still hold to my original points. <laughs> whatever they were, I don't remember. But I'll hold <laughs> I'm holding out to my, my gut, too. It's whatever they were at the time. I completely <laughs> forgot. But I'm holding out And before, I said that? What? <laughs> I don't believe you. I would never say that. All right. Who wants to take Asher Creation? This is a... Uh, Clearly, they, they listed the MMOs.com podcast, right? It's the only reason they came Manages out with this recently. Creation released a small uh, cinematic clip of a character running through one of their open-world dungeons, complete with choreographed sequences, in order to prove that they have a game that's more than environments. Uh, it's quite pretty. It's clear that it's an actual person playing. However, there's no UI, uh, and um, it's one... Uh, one clip. Uh, I don't think it's something for me to drop my pants over and take the money out of my ass crack and donate to them, but uh, they did show something, so uh, whippy doo da day to them. Um, but I'm not sold just yet. We can watch the clip now. It's very short. It's two minutes. We're already watching it. But they're uh, going um, to put out a video with the UI supposedly this week. That's what Sure. Whatever they say, I don't buy it. I, 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 when I see more videos, I'll revise my opinion. But as is, I ain't buying. I ain't buying what they're selling me. They got nothing. All right, they 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 made this scene after they heard me bitch about their game. All right, I'm telling you, they heard well, me. You weren't the only one. Nothing. I'm not the only yeah, one. I mean, yes, you were the only ones here skeptical. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there was plenty of skepticism for any Kickstarter project. Yeah, but this is this, this is stuff, too yeah. this is too um this isn't gameplay let's let's be very clear i mean yeah maybe there's somebody there but this is this is so this is an editor uh choosing just like in a movie choosing how the material is going to be presented i want to see the ui i want to see somebody sitting at the computer i mean i think uh these types of things need to be held to a higher standard yes. to say it's gameplay i don't think this is this fair to you this is not this is like this doesn't show anything you could they could have just booted up the, their Unreal Engine and just made this scene completely separate of everything they talked about, you know? Like, oh, only, st only Star Citizen scene. does that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, did they get caught doing that? <laughs> but yeah, look, I, I, I don't want to get hype over this yet, but look, at least I do want to give them credit. Give them credit. This is what they should have came out with in the beginning, at least, yes. you know? It's less cringy than those environmental scenes we've seen earlier. Like, I can't believe they showed those off as like a game. 
It's just these Unreal assets with the environment showing. That's it. If they came out with this, it was it's way better. Uh, and it's still like we're still at the show me phase. And I'm glad that they're actually showing something. You know, I, I don't think this is anything just yet, but it's more than what they had before. That's my my view. Sure. I still think they got nothing though. But we'll see. <laughs> I'm in the I'm I'm in the same boat with you, and I think um, I think we'll watch the ship full of money sink in the distance as we sail <laughs> off into better seas. Let's make but, a prediction, guys. After this, go. sure. No, I'm done. I'm just bullshitting. Uh, I love predictions. Listen, when they launch their Kickstarter, how much do you think they're going to ask for, and how much do you think they're going to raise? What do you guys mm. think? Good question. Whew. I can start if you guys want. Go ahead. Start us, please. I think they're going to ask for uh, $200,000. And I feel like you're lowballing. And they're not going to get it, is my guess. Really? They're going to ask for $2 million. $2 million. Yeah, They have a full staff, remember, of people who are actually in the industry. I. That's true. I think Matt is closer to the to the Two. actual... Right, I, I'm just throwing it out there. It's my, we'll see. I'll, I'll lowball you, Matt. I'll say, I'll say 1.5, just... For some reason, I, I say Twitter K and they're gonna get it. I think Twitter K and they're gonna get it. Is my guess. Probably get 200K, yeah. But I'm saying Twitter K because I think uh, they're gonna lowball it and they're gonna like put all these bullshit like uh, stretch goals. Even though like the whole low lowballing thing is kind of scummy because like I think Crocodilia did it where they're like, okay, we need like a million dollars to make this game, and then after they get a million dollars, oh by the way, we need like five times this amount. Like, <laughs> like, what's the point of putting stretch goals when your regular goal doesn't cover the actual game? We gotta pay the game director's salary though. <laughs> so I think it's going to be one of those situations. Uh, Aaron, what's I your guess? I'll, I'll say they'll ask for a million. Yeah? yeah. Okay. I think they're going to lowball because they, they, they don't like the worst thing they can do is like ask for a million and then get like 800k. Because then like shit, we left 800k on the table. They're going to ask for 200k and they might get like a million though, I think. I, I'm guessing they're going to lowball it, but we'll see. We'll see I when think, they actually I think, they right, the, I think the reason why the guess high is that they, so far from what we've seen, they're trying to tap themselves as a next gen high-quality, go-to, Star Citizen version of fantasy MMORPGs. And I think that's part of the reason we've seen this kind of media blitz come out of them recently, is that they're, they're slowly gearing themselves up for this big-budget Kickstarter mm -hmm. MMORPG. At the same time, though, the uh, if you guys didn't know Apocalypse Now, if you've seen the movie, I tried to recently make a Kickstarter for a game, and they didn't meet their goal. I think they only raised 800000 So maybe they can't actually hit those big numbers. Maybe that will affect how they go about it. But Okay. Maybe a million is too high, but I think there's a risk with two, asking for too low, too, like 200K. Mm -hmm. uh, you, then it kind of seems weird. You either don't need the money because 200K is not enough to develop a, you know, a game like this. Right. Or uh, what, why you, if you have so much money, why are you asking us for 200K? Oh, proof of concept. Don't you know that's what Kickstarter is for these days? <laughs> I don't know. I, th I think they're going to ask for more, you know, well over 200K. Well, maybe we'll, 800, we'll maybe a million, see. somewhere around there. All right, you're at 800 to a million too. I, we we got our numbers down. I, I I know I got the lowest number, but we'll see. We'll see when they come out. Now I can't wait to find out. Me I too. Love, I'm curious what they're going to ask for. <laughs> I, I want to know how in tune we are with um, the, the Kickstarter universe. Because we've been the, doing this for a while. I I, I prefer predicting uh, the Kimochi uh, crowdfunding. All right, the adult <laughs> Kickstarter version, way better than Kickstarter, guys. I, I can bet that one too. Most of them will be around a hundred dollars, and then maybe the big dogs get 2k. No, Depends on how many gifts they got in their campaign. <laughs> I mean, how many other Kickstarter projects raised over a million? Like, there aren't that many. Like, what, like three or four maximum? Well, actually, not like I four think there's, there's more than that, but Chronicles you're right. Valeria, there aren't are that yeah. many. But I just think of, yeah, who's your competition? I think of Chronicles of Illyria. They raised quite a bit, and I feel like they had Jack Shit, so. Yeah. That's true. We'll I guess we'll see. see. Mm-hmm.
Unfortunately, that Kickstarter I mentioned last week did not get any additional funding. They're like a 20 bucks oh. still. Eternal Chaos or Chaos, whatever it's called, Chaos Online. Still, uh, still hoping for that Kickstarter money. Maybe upgrade their website. Who knows? I love watching these Unreal Engine mm -hmm. assets show me the different weather patterns and stuff. This is very nice. We should make. I got. I should make a joke Kickstarter with like just showing off literally nothing and asking for lots of money, and then be like, after they get the money, like, no, it was a ask, scam. Ask for a dollar. And then give it back at the end. Like this is why you don't fund shitty Kickstarters, all right? Like I got no experience. I just said all this nonsense, and I, I just showed these unreal assets, and you guys gave me this money. You should feel yeah, ashamed and give everybody their money back. People would donate to you because they think it's funny. So no, well, yeah, but I, I wouldn't use my name. I think it would have to be done to like a third party name and like Fred just... Fedorko. <laughs> Fred Fedora. Fred Fedora. There it is. <laughs> what a great name. <laughs> well, back to serious news. Uh, we should say, and we should mention this because we did have a. A gentleman's bet, which was for nothing but momentary pride, and when Revelation Online would enter open beta. And now we know that it's heading into open beta on March 6th. 6th? But that's not all. Remember, folks, if you buy a Founders Pack, you can start playing a whole week ahead of time. Oh, actually, more on February 27th. So break out those credit cards so you get the head start. So finally, I, I really thought we'd get closed beta 4 and 5. That was my guess all along, mm -hmm. but nope. We're heading into open beta, which basically means full release. Yep, those three yeah, those three rounds of beta, like I'm curious now, like how much money do you think they make off the founders packs? Because let's be real. Like they bombard your emails. If you sign up to any of these games, you get like a regular closed beta key for free, right? And like, you have a chance of getting a closed beta key, but you usually like get an email saying like closed beta is here. You, you know, play now, and you click on it, and the email, it just opens to, like, buy a Founders Pack today to play. Like, how much money do you think they make off Founders Packs on during the closed beta phase? Because they did quite restrict a those keys, because it was not easy to get a closed beta key. When we got our closed beta keys to give away, we were literally, like, giving out golden tickets to the, can to the chocolate factory. It felt that way, because everybody wanted a key, and we had so few. So they're making probably bank on, those, on the Founders Packs, which is why I think... Maybe one another one of the reasons that they dragged out to three rounds of beta testing, but also they did they did seem to need it as well. Oh, yeah, God, we... they, they needed two more at least, but whatever. <laughs> I guess I guess hopefully they got their shit together. <laughs> but yeah, it's at so least now it's we know, out. folks. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to trying it when it's open beta. I, these kind of games I hate committing to in closed beta, knowing I'm gonna get wiped. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna play it in in uh, open beta. I didn't play CBT two or three, and open beta is when I'm gonna make my character for realsies. So, yeah, I'll also be playing. Do we have uh, Founders Packs or are we going to do the regular open beta? Uh, I'll, I'll nag them for Founders Packs. But we might be giving away Founders Packs as well uh, when the game launches. Mm -hmm. Some like post-game launch giveaways. So definitely follow us on on the Twitters, the YouTube, all, all, all the social jazz. All right? Follow us on the Bluebird and the Blue... Could you guys follow us on Instagram, please, so we can grow our Instagram <laughs> thing? So then, so, yeah. it's the first Friday of March. We can do Grindfest for this. I'm actually looking Most forward likely. to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to try it again when it comes out. Oh, there's some drama about the the Founders Packs. The 91s got name reservations today, but the $6 ones get name reservations on Thursday. That How many people odd. do you think really need to worry about competing for their names? I want to be Sephiroth! Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> I want to be... I need that name! Yeah, I unless you're competing for some type of, like, yeah, car... I can't Keto. even say it. Kirito or Sephiroth, if, you, if you're just completely unoriginal and you have to use a, a major franchise's name or series, I mean, do you really need to care? No one's taking my name, I'll tell you that. I mean, 
Unless big I have Sally? a man. Yeah, Big Dick Sally. No one's taking that. Jeez. <laughs> you gotta be Naruto 18-203, man. Uh, I wanna be Light Yamagami. <laughs> I can't say his last name. Yamagami. Yagami. Yagami, thank you. People are saying, oh, Cloud's a very popular one, too. Somebody of said Megumin. And Megumin's actually been really popular lately. I've been seeing that name more so after I saw the anime. I'm seeing it in a lot of places now. People are going to steal a remote. Guaranteed remote is gone. That's your own fault. I know. My own fault for not putting up the $90 today. Yo, I'll, I'll nag them. I'll ask for Founders Packs for all of us. For the MMOs.com crew. Oh, baby. Get that VIP treatment. That's what I want to hear. The perks of running an MMO website, guys, we can usually get all the beta accesses, and we usually get closed beta, like, founders packs for free. Yeah, so it's nice. It's a nice Do we? Touch. Whoa, where's my founders pack? Give me that. Oh, oh yours? I usually ask for three, and when they give me three, I redeem mine. <laughs> and I, sell, I sell the other two on eBay, guys. Come I on. I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> it's good for me, not for you guys. Come I like on. this one. <laughs> I want to make my username like PuroCat says Naruto Sasuke 420 Puff Puff Smoke. Damn right. That's a popular one. I, I love this uh, Founders Pack perk, the the deluxe one. The last mm -hmm. perk is the exclusive flying cat mount, and it just looks hilarious. Oh yeah, it's a fat cat. It's a really it's, yeah. yeah. That's a reason to get the Founders Pack. All right, right there, just for that. That's the only reason to get that ninety dollar Founders Pack. Man, I'm looking forward to playing this open meta though. I haven't played it since CBT one. I'm, I mean, it's gonna be. I already know it's gonna be a bit, way more pleasant experience because it'll actually be in English this time. I played through the nonsense in the Chinese in the first round of CBT, and it was it was awful. So I'm glad it's going to be in English. <laughs> that's a revelation. That is going to be another big launch of uh, of this year. Probably one of the biggest launches that's on radar. And Moon Legend. Will it be Elysium Vanilla Well? I, I think oh, so. Oh, it still might be Elysium because it got a... No, I think, I think this will get more. This will get more. Oh, God, I hope so. Like, that launch day experience when you play and it's mega packed is always like... It's fun. It's an experience. It's not even yes. like just yeah. It's an experience, and I kind of want to play on that day. And how much? Like I think it's also a remarkably smart decision. Now we've seen like game companies start embracing this recently, like from their business perspective, not from our perspective, but from business perspective, to have that early access. Like if you get a if you get a, if you buy a founders pack, you get early. You get like access a few days early. Like they make so much money off that. Like that is such a smart move for them. But for us, you know, people that are cheapos that want to play for free, we get a little salty. But like it's so smart for them to do that because they they're gonna make bank on that. But that kind of like monetization, I don't think it's a big deal at all. Like, there's people who are talking about controversy potential what they're gonna sell in the cash shop. We'll talk about that when the game actually launches the open beta. We see the cash shop as it stands in open beta. But this kind of stuff isn't like at all offensive to me. You know, you want to give people a few days early. I don't care. That's that just let them get, let them get the money because making these games aren't cheap. They gotta make money too. And that form of monetization isn't like unfair in my opinion. Oh, can I just make a prediction? Go ahead. Uh, it's going to be a total shit-slinging uh, circus when this game comes out over the cash shop, and we are going to be forced to talk about it. Oh, definitely. People, people have already been dismissing Revelation Online over it, so I'm very excited to once again talk about cash shops and what's going on in them when the game launches. It's beta win! So we'll, we lo we'll look forward to that. That's a fun discussion. I like that discussion. All right, I'm usually I'm usually a little bit little bit of both. All right, I I give developers some slack. All right, people are like if you even give a little bit of like advantage, it's pay to win. It's awful. It's Hitler. It's, it's Hitler. It's never so clear cut. I understand the perspective of the angry gamer who wants fairness. All right, but there's got you got to give them a little bit. All right, because they got to make some money. 
Payway is a spectrum, I agree. To too many people, it becomes like, it becomes like it's either good or it's unplayable Hitler. Right? There's no middle ground for people, it seems. Yeah, guaranteed drama incoming. There's no, there's no avoid the drama. Well, yeah, that's a big launch coming soon. It's, it's relatively soon too. It's like uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited away. to play this. this is, you know, me too. We were actually talking earlier, guys, uh, off stream about, you know, what what games to play for Grind Day, uh, Friday. And I say we get pretty far in Revelation. Why not? Yeah, why not? I'm yeah. game for that, too. We can do that in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hit level cap, and all you guys are going to be, like, level 10. And I'm going to be like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> well, we can Dude, do one, it together quest gives week you level by 10. week. We can do it week by week. You don't have to go, we don't have to go crazy in one week. All right. Well, well I, I think that about wraps us up for this week, and we can carry this on into the after show, which is where we undress and... Really sure. Love to the audience. Pants are coming off, boys. Pants are pants, coming off. My pants have been off. The only see. All right, stuff. all right. Uh, any, if to hear any more of the steamy content, you got to be here for Twitch in the afternoon. Or you got to pay us. Uh, you got to buy our founders pack for eighty yes. nine ninety nine. All right, that's it. Right. We're gonna talk about Kimochi afterwards. The for Ooh, adult crowdfunded. All right, that's the good shit. That's for that's specifically for Twitch. Later, you see ya, YouTube. See ya.